Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. You know, uh, we're almost, almost at the end of 2018. And this is a time a lot of times people begin to uh, reflect on the uh, past days and months that have gone by. Uh, we begin to just, you know, look at some things and see where we are. I get the awesome opportunity of doing it kind of twice because um, of my birth date um, being so close to the end of the year. I think about the end of uh, a year for me, and then I think of a calendar end of year as well. And doing so, I always am just very, very grateful to God and thankful to God. And I pray that that's the way you are too, but I'm always thankful to God. And then I start to look at uh, how things went. And a lot of times, like you, I think, where did the time go? Uh, because it seems like time passes by so fast. I don't know if it's you or is it just me, but does it seem like time just is like, wow, Seemed like I just got up this morning. I remember telling my husband once, I said, if I start doing anything after 1030, it's just like a wash. It's like I miss most of the day. But uh, also I start to look at, like many of you do, uh, did I grow? Did I progress in the things that, I, that have happened in my life? And then I look also to see, did anything change? Did anything change? And then I start to look forward. What, and I start to anticipate, what am I looking forward to? What is, what is the highlight? What am I thinking about? What, do, what are my expectations for the new year? Uh, sometimes what people do is um, Satan will try to make you live in regret, though. Sometimes he'll have you sit down and think about your year, the past months, and think about everything that didn't go the way you wanted it to go, didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen, maybe some bad decisions that you made, some choices that you made, and um, then have you regretting your past year. But you know, God doesn't ever want us to live in regret. Amen. He don't want us ever to uh, be in a place where we're sorrowful over the time that we've had. He doesn't ever want us to be at a time of grief and uh, just, just upset over what has passed because that's exactly what has happened. It just has passed. And he wants us to be living in the now, in the future. So. Uh, let's start in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at the King James Version. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, because there's a difference between getting to a place of sorrow and condemnation than conviction. Conviction and condemnation are two totally different things. And God, of course, will convict us of things, and that's what we're going to, uh, but he but He definitely does not condemn us, and we shouldn't condemn ourselves, because if God doesn't condemn us. Why should we? Amen. Amen. So in the, uh, verse 8, or chapter 8 of verse 1 of our Romans, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So God says once we become born again, that we should not live under condemnation because he's actually forgiven us of all of our sins and the bad choices that we have made. Now conviction will come, and we'll look at that in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, if you'll go there, and we'll look at that in the Amplified Translation. Um, definitely, again, he doesn't want us to live in regret. He will correct us in things because that's what the Word of God is there for. It says in verse 16, every scripture is God-breathed 
given by his inspiration and profitable for instructions, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error, discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. So God will convict us of things, but he certainly is not going to condemn us of anything. He just wants us to have a sense of what is right and what is wrong. As a matter of fact, he talks about that's where the sign of maturity comes, when you exercise the word of God to the point where you do know what is right and what is wrong. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to start at verse 9, and we're going to look at this in the Amplified Translation. Because Paul is one who could have lived in regret. Paul could have just been upset over the past decisions that he's made, the life he lived to the point where he would become useless to God because he was always living in regret. But here what Paul says is he says, for I am the least worthy of the apostles who are not fit or deserving to be called an apostle. So Paul says, if I look at my life, if I look at my past, if I reflect on what I used to be and the things I used to do and how I used to think, he says that, you know, I, I, I would be in a bad place. He said, um, I, would not, I would not consider myself as worthy to be an apostle. But yet he is an apostle called by God. But he accepted that position. He accepted that position because he didn't live in regret. He accepted the grace and the favor of God upon his life. So he didn't live always reflecting back on, I should have done, I shouldn't have done, I shouldn't have said, I would have done, I didn't know. You know, a lot of things we do, we don't know. But God's not holding us accountable for those things. I can remember teaching a message where I told the parents, I said, don't live in regret. You did the best you could do with what you knew. And don't ever let your children make you feel like you should have done something else because you couldn't do anything else because you didn't know anything else. So that's the, way, that's, that's the way God, that's the way he looks at it. So again, Paul says, for I am the least worthy. He said, I'm not worthy of this position. He says, who am not fit or deserving to be called an apostle. He said, if I'm looking at my life and the decisions that I made and the choices that I made, he said, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. He said, because, and he talks about it, he said, because I once wronged and pursued and molested the church of God, oppressing it with cruelty and violence. Paul said, I did some horrible stuff to people who confess to be Christians. He said, as a matter of fact, I was the one standing around holding the uh, coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. And the only thing Stephen was doing was just talking about the goodness of God and talking about how they needed to change. And they decided to stone him and kill him. And Paul was just standing right there like, yep, that's the thing to do. You need to kill him. So he says, you know, I didn't deserve it. So as we enter into a new year, we have to understand that God doesn't want us reflecting on all the bad choices that we made. He don't want us to be Certainly we can learn from them, but he don't want us to be stuck in them to the point where we're paralyzed, that we cannot accept a wonderful call that he has on our lives, where we won't be able to accept the blessings that he's trying to get to us because now we've disqualified ourselves. He didn't disqualify us. We disqualified ourselves. Where we don't accept positions that God is pushing us forward into. Well, we don't accept the giftings and the talents and the anointing that God has placed upon our lives because we're looking at our past and saying, I don't deserve it. By the mere fact that God calls you means you deserve it. Amen. 
Amen. So we don't want to get stuck in any of 2018 upset with what happened and the choices that we made. Any of you all who knew Pastor Poe, he said that if you make a wrong decision, just make another one and keep it moving. So that's what we want to do. Look at somebody and say, just keep it moving. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In verse 10 of that same chapter, he says, but by the grace. So Paul found the solution. He said, but by the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, I am what I am. Look at somebody say, I am what I am. Hallelujah. And there's nothing wrong with your I am. He said, by the, but by the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless and without effort. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, the apostles, though it was not really I, but the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, which was with me. Paul said, I didn't deserve it. He said, but God was working with me, brought me to a position of being an apostle. You know, I love to read the account of Paul's, Paul's change. I, I love the Damascus Road, but I also love what happened. He said, God took him away and taught him about the grace of God. And he came back and he was more bold than any other apostle concerning the grace of God because he said, it was like I was born out of time. He said, but God, Jesus, he revealed who he was and his purpose. And Paul said, just as I was as adamant as I was concerning keeping the law and persecuting and being cruel to the church, he said, I became just that more adamant concerning what God, what God had done through grace through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So Paul found the answer again. He says, but by the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless and without effort. He said, this grace, he said, once I found out I was forgiven, once I found out that I was in right standing with God, once I found out that I could never mess that up or hurt that relationship with God, he says, I worked harder. He said, because I was so grateful to God for forgiving me. I was so grateful to God that he took someone as bad as I was and as harsh and as mean as I was. He said, I am so grateful to God. He said, I worked harder than all of them. I ministered harder than everybody else. He said, I wanted to know, I wanted others to know how good God really is, how God is not finding fault, how God sent Jesus Christ so that we could be in right standing with him, how God sent Jesus so that I can have favor with God, so God would be on my side, so nothing, no weapon formed against me should prosper. He said, I wanted everybody to know the, forg the forgiving power of God and what position that placed you in. Put you in a place where, you, where the favor of God would just reign over your life. He said, I worked harder than anybody to let everybody know that if God can forgive someone like me and anoint me to be a blessing to other people. He said, I wanted others to know just as well. So he said, I work harder than the rest of them. I knew I did not deserve what God was doing for me in my life. I knew I'd never earned it. I, there was no way. There was no way in this world that I could get myself in this position to be loved by God like God is loving me. To be helped by God like God is helping me. I know I didn't earn it. 
He says, so I know it was the grace of God. He said, and that grace wasn't fruitless. He said, I didn't let it fall to, to nothing. He said, it was the unmerited favor and blessing of God, which was with me. And that's where God wants us to understand. He said, he wants us to know that his favor is upon our lives. He wants us to know that favor surrounds us like a shield. He wants us to know that his grace is working for us and in us. He wants us to know that he is for us and not against us. Amen? He wants us to know that without a shadow of a doubt that he is working with us. He wants us to understand that he will never leave us, never forsake us. He'll always be right there with you. Now, just because you may have to... Uh, Exercise some faith and patience does not mean that God has abdicated and left you. He says, no, I am going to be God in your life. I am God and you are my people and I'm going to take care of my people. Amen. So it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean you're not going to be faced with some challenges. You're going to be faced with some challenges. That's why he wanted us to know I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to be walking with you. I'm going to strengthen you. Hallelujah. Some people are like, no, 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 Pastor Deborah. Strengthen me. Now, I want to be delivered. <laughs> you are on your way to deliverance, but God wants you to know that I will strengthen you through hard times. I will help you to stand when it seems like you, need, you should be failing and falling and crumbling and unable to take it. He said, I will put something on the inside of you, stir something on the inside of you, that every day you'll wake up. Every day you'll get up. Every day you'll have, a, have something in you say, I can take another step. Every day, he said, I'm going to be right there. He said, that's not something you muster up on your own. He said, it's something that I'm doing on the inside of you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's look at Philippians, Philippians chapter one, and we're going to look at verse six. Philippians chapter one and verse six. And it reads, I am convinced and am sure of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Paul is talking about this church and he says, I am convinced that whatever God started in you, Whatever it is, he said he is going to continue working with us. He says perfecting and bringing it to full completion. Whatever he started, whatever he began, God is not a one who quits. Amen. Regardless of our behavior, regardless of what we do, God will not quit on us. He said, I'm, he said, I, he said what I started in you, he said, I'm going to complete that. He said, I'm going to be working on it until the day of Jesus Christ. And until Jesus comes back, he's going to still be working with you. Amen. Amen. Let's look in the uh, same book, Philippians chapter 2 and um, verse 12. Philippians 2 verse 12. As a matter of fact, there's one translation says that God is going to see to it that you mature and that you remain faithful. He said, God is going to make sure that you mature and remain faithful. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, he says, Therefore, my dear 
once, as you have always obeyed my suggestions. So now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. So what he's talking about here, he says, he's talking to us about the fact that God is going to continue to work in us. God is going to help us to live this life of salvation. It means that he wants us to discover really what it means to be saved. When you talk about working out your soul salvation, he said, discover what it really means to be saved. It's not just a matter of your missing hell and going to heaven. He said, but you need to look into the scriptures and find out what it really means to be a saved person. What does it really mean that you have been forgiven of your sins? What does it really mean that God says that I'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west and remember them more, no more? What does it really mean, the mercy of God? What does it really mean to have the favor of God upon your life? What does that really mean as a believer? He said, you need to investigate that. Don't just be happy doing what other people do. Don't just be happy in coming to church. Don't just be happy when somebody said, just read the scriptures and you read the scriptures. He said, no, you need to investigate. There's some good stuff. As a matter of fact, in another uh, part of the Bible, Paul says, he says, there are things that accompany salvation. He says, there's some stuff that go along with your being saved. There's some stuff, some, some, there's some stuff that go along with the fact that you said, I want Jesus to be my Lord. He said, there's good stuff that's attached to it. And you need to be looking at what is that good stuff that came with it. That's just like getting a job and they tell you you got wonderful benefits and you never, ever look at what it's like. You, you never look at the fact that uh, they're paying for your insurance and you can go to the dentist and you can go to the doctor. You don't know that, so you just keep paying because you didn't look at your benefit package. You came to work when you actually had vacation time because you didn't bother to investigate what it meant to be employed at the job where you are. God says, now that I've employed you, look up your benefits. Look up your benefits. Find out what it really means to be saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, God, God said Jesus in this earth, and, and a lot of people think that being a Christian is just um, being morally right. They think that's all it is. And that's, that's why a lot of people are not born again. They quickly tell you what Christians ought to do and what they ought not to do because they think that it's just a moral religion. Well, there are a lot of religions that tell you not to kill people. There's a lot of tell you, you know, that you need to be not. There's a, but no, what's the difference between our gospel that we teach and what other people are teaching? It's the power of God in our life. It's the power of God in our life. It's a personal relationship that we have with God that makes the difference. So, no, we're not like other religions. We're not. As a matter of fact, it, it, we call it religion. We really need to look at it and understand it's actually a personal relationship. God is interested in a relationship with us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's for another day. But we go on in verse 13. Listen to what he's saying here. 
He says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. All that means is God is working in you. He's helping you to want to do what pleases him. God said, I'm going to help you want to do what pleases me. He says, I'm going to give you the power and the ability to even do it. God leaves nothing to chance. If you read his word, if you talk to him, he said, he said, don't worry about it. I'm going to give you the energy. He said, you're going to want to please me. When you start coming to know the love of God and the benefits that, there, that accompany salvation, he said, you're going to want to please me. I'm going to excite you to the point where you, you, just, you just want to do something for me. You know how when you, you, know how when you, when you, when you really, 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 really like a person that you want to do things to please them, right? That's why God compares, as a matter of fact, he compares a marriage like the church. And that's why he tells the husband to love the wife as Christ loves the church. He said, this is a mystery, but I speak concerning the church. Everybody thinks he's just talking about marriage, but he's doing a comparison. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells husbands and wives to seek how they might please one another. So God is after pleasing us. And he says, because I'm after pleasing you, you will want to please me. He said, once you taste and see how good I am, oh, you gonna want to. Oh, you gonna want to. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I, I love hearing uh, about God. I love discovering more and more about Jesus' love for me. I love reading the scriptures and seeing how God brought this all together. And sometimes when I think about it, I think there ain't no man in this world who could have ever come up with an idea like what God came up with. There's no way any man could have ever come up with a plan that God had. He said he kept it a mystery. For years he kept it a mystery. And so therefore he revealed, he's like, I want people to experience my agape love, meaning my unconditional love. Help them to understand that I'm not against them, I'm for them. I, I tell you all the time, God is not even a little bit disturbed with you. God is not upset with you. God ain't mad with you. On the contrary, God is just trying to express his unconditional love towards you. Oh, God wants us to know how much he tenderly and dearly loves us. And that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world. Amen. So God says, I'm, it, it, and I'm so happy. I can't tell you how I was so happy to discover that God is not the type of God that would allow us to slip through his hands so easily as it had been portrayed. And I was taught from a young age that if you, if you don't do what's right, then God is upset with you and God is mad with you. And so you were constantly, or we were constantly on this cycle of, let me try to please God, let me try to please God. Oh man, I messed up, I messed up, now God don't like me. And now, and other people even tend not to even go to church when they think they messed up. They think God is upset with them, but I'm telling you, God is not upset with you. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a work in you that will help you want to please me. If you stick with me, if you keep looking into the word of God, if you keep talking to me, he said, he said, your attitude towards me will change. 
because of all of the uh, stigmatism that, that, that became attached to church, uh, I mean, man made it just so difficult for us to even understand the gentleness of God in the fact that the rules and the regulations that we instituted concerning what women should wear. You know, what I have on, I, you know, come in the church, they'd have never let me up on the pulpit in the church I grew up in, let alone on the church grounds with a pair of hands on. And I, I, in my mind, I'm just thinking, is God that, that harsh? Is he like that? You know, in the fact that, you know, women shouldn't wear men's clothing, and I'm just, in my mind, I'm even confused because when I look back in history, look like everybody had on a dress. So I, I, I'm trying to, you all understand, it, it was just, whew, it was just so much, it was so much stuff that you always, almost felt like you needed to be a monk. You almost felt like, you know, uh, no makeup, don't, 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 you know, don't wear dresses, you know, way down because you may tempt the men and, and the, I, I, I'm just saying, it was so much stuff that we did to cover up God's love. And I'm so glad that he is peeling back the layers and saying that, 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 that doesn't cause me to love you more because you have on a long dress. That don't cause me to love you more because you don't have on makeup. That don't cause me to love you more because, you know, your hair is not in a bun. That don't cause, I mean, I, There are churches that tell men not to cross their legs. I mean, it's just so much. And what has that got to do with the love of God? And, and, and so God is just, he's just trying to, to peel it all back. And so when I look in scriptures like this and he says, I'm the one who's going to be working in you. I'm the one who's going to help you know how to please me. I'm the one who's going to teach you how to please me and what pleases me. I'm the one who's even going to give you the power and the energy to get it done. Because there's some things that I see in the word of God on my own I cannot accomplish successfully. But knowing that he's going to work in me, that's relief. That, that makes me not walk on eggshells. That makes me, that puts me in a position where I'm not always worried about what I do and what I did. That I can be like Paul and live free to do whatever God is telling me to do. Okay, I made a bad decision. Amen. Father, forgive me. I didn't know. In some instances, Father, I knew. Come on, y'all. Don't leave me out here. I knew. But God, my emotions got the best of me. But I thank God you're all the while at work in me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His love is amazing. And he doesn't want us living in regret not one day in our lives. Not always trying to make up for something. I, I remember when um, Greg first got saved and um, the life before his salvation was interesting, to say the least. <laughs> For those of you who read my book, My Marriage is Broken, Can It Be Fixed? Because I wrote, because I thought it can't. <laughs> However, I can remember uh, upon him getting saved and he was so excited about it. And he just started to do all these things. All the thing I had to say is, oh, I think I want that, or I, I wish I had that. And he would be working overtime and just, just buying all this stuff. And I was like, what are you doing? 
and he felt so much regret. Although he was born again, he felt so much regret over how he had treated me in the past that he was constantly trying to make up for it. And when I discovered that, I, was, I told him, I said, stop doing that. If you will live to please God, you will please me. So, 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 stop, so stop this and live free in Jesus. Amen? And so that's the way God wants it to be with us. Stop trying to make up stuff. Just live free in him, understanding how he sees us. Amen? Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And I'm, I, listen, and I want you to understand, I'm not saying these things that God is working things in us. God, when he's working things in us, he's telling us to do things. He's given us instruction. So it's not a life that you sit around and just don't do nothing. But then he is energizing us. He'll give us the strength to carry out the things that he's telling us to do. And you can look for him. If he's telling you to do something, you can look for him to give you the energy and the power and the desire to do so. I love that. He will give us the desire, the desire to please him. So you don't have to be looking at everybody else saying, so how do you please God? So let me do that. So you please God by praying five times a day? Well, then that must be what God wants me to do. God says, no, I will, I will, I will tell you how to please me. I'll tell you how to please me so you can live free. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And it says, And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. That means separate you from, listen at this. He said he's going to do it. I'm going to separate you from profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God. He says, God, the God of peace is going to do that in your life. He said, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved sound, complete, and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Faithful is he who is calling you to himself. But looking at verse 23, in that wonderful God says, I am going to separate you from profane things. I am going to do this. Look at somebody say, God is going to do this in me. See, God is not leaving things to chance like people think they, that he is. He said, I'm going to work with you. I, you, you. You're my people. I'm going to work with you. Hallelujah. Verse 24 again, he says, Faithful is he who is calling you to himself and utterly trustworthy, and he will also do it. Fulfill his call by hallowing and keeping you. He said, I'm going to separate you from stuff that you don't need to be a part of. You're going you, you to get to a point where you don't like to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to be a part of it because I'm telling you about my goodness and how, how, how my grace is working in your life and how I've forgiven you and how you're all right with me to the point where you'll start turning and you want to please me. And in pleasing me, that means that you're going to separate from some things. He said, it's going to be like an automatic. And people, how many of you ever had to had people to tell you, oh man, you've changed. In, in yourself, you may not know that you have changed that much, but step by step, you're changing the way you talk. You're changing the way you see things. You're changing the way how you how you look at things now. And your language starts to change, and the people who knew you in the past, they noticed that your language has changed. They notice that your attitude has changed. They were like, oh, man, they used to really go off on people, but now what? <laughs> what happened to you? What happened to you is Jesus all the while at work in you. 
doing of his good pleasure. I love it. He's doing his, it's, it's his good pleasure. Mm, God is so good. I don't know about you, but I get excited about that. I'm like, you know what? I need to stop worrying about myself so much. I'm serious. Stop worrying about myself so much. So, it's almost like sometimes it's almost as Christians, we're trying to play catch up some kind of way. I'm trying, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to grow. I'm just trying to grow. I need to, okay, so what do you do to grow? Okay, let me do that. Well, let me, what do you do to grow? Well, let me do that. Well, what did you do to grow? Oh, you did that? Okay, let me just, let me just add that to my list. And then you just run in this rat race. And God is like, huh, if you just come to me. I, I only had one assignment for you. I, you so you just doing all this stuff and <laughs> again, I am not, I'm not by any means promoting you're not doing anything, but what I'm saying to you is God is the one who will give you the desire to want to do. And when you hear the voice of God, whether it's across the pulpit or whether you're reading it, you hear the voice of God, then you start to make adjustments according to what he is saying to you. Amen. And guess what? You'll want to. That's the thing. You will want to. Amen. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 6, and I'm going to read this out of the uh, easy reading version of the Bible. Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 6. This is what Paul said. He says, I was so eager to defend my religion that I persecuted the church and no one could find fault with the way I obeyed the law of Moses. At one time, all these things were important to me. But because of Christ, I decided that they are worth nothing. Not only these things, but now I think that all things are worth nothing compared with the greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of Christ, I lost all these things, and now I know that they are all worthless trash. All I want now is Christ. He said, everything that I thought made me be somebody, everything that I thought that caused me to look good in other men's eyes, he said, I counted as nothing. You know, Paul talks about the fact that he said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He said, you know, he said, I grew up learning the laws of Moses. He said, no one topped me when it came to knowing these things. He said, and I prided myself in it and other people looked up to me in it. He said, as a matter of fact, in another passage, he said, no one compared to me as Paul concerning the keeping the law of Moses. I was strict concerning it. That's why I persecuted the church. That's why I drug them into prison. That's why I didn't care if Christians died. He said, because I was on my job, he said, and I felt proud about what I did. He said, now everything that gave all the accolades that I had, everything that man would look at me and say, boy, you really got it going on. He said, it means absolutely nothing to me in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says in verse nine, I want to belong, I want to belong to him. In Christ, I am right with God, but being but my being right does not come from following the law. It comes from God through faith. God uses my faith in Christ to make me right with him. All I want is to know Christ and the power that raised him from death. 
I want to share in his sufferings and be like him even his death. Then there is hope that I myself will somehow be raised from death. Paul says, you know, I was apprehended by God. He said, and all I want to know now is him. He said, my, uh, the King James said, my determined purpose is to know him and the power of his resurrection. He said, I want to know how that happened. I want to have that happening in my life. He says, I want, I want what I saw on Jesus on me. I want to, I want to, I want to, to walk in it. I want to be a part of it. He says, I want to know it. And when I read that, I'm, I'm, I'm listening at Paul and his, his pursuit. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I want to know God that way. I want to know Jesus that way. I want to know and experience the power that actually raised a man from the dead. I want to have those experiences in my life. I want to have that anointing resting on my life so I can not only impact myself, but I can impact the world. Paul says that is my determined purpose. That's my goal in life. I know, you know, Paul actually was a tent maker by trade. He didn't stop his trade, but he knew what, his first, what was first. First in his life was I need to know Christ. I need to know him. I need to really come to know him for who he is. I don't want to know him as somebody from the past. I don't want to know him as someone that was back in the back in the past. He's history. He did a few things. He was a good man. He says, no, that man was raised from the dead. And that was a power that pulled him up from that grave. And I want to know that power. I want to be involved in that power. I want to be at the point where I believe like Jesus believed and he got up from the grave. Man, oh man, who don't want that? Who don't want to be in a position where you have that power flowing through your life every day? Paul said, that's what I'm after. He said, I know I got to do things here in this life, and that's good. He said, but I want to know that power. Because it's that power that keeps my family together. It's that power that keeps my children together. It's that power that caused me to be promoted on my job. It's that kind of power that keeps me from being sick and sickly. It's that kind of power that delivers me from being depressed and anxious. It's that power that I want to know. Because if that power is operating in me, everything around me is going to be just fine. Hallelujah. It won't matter what it looks like because when that power hits that thing, it's going to be all right with me and God. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. He said, I ain't interested in all the accolades. You can tell me how good you think I am, but I ain't interested. I'm not interested in man trying to promote me. I don't care. I need to know this power that can change lives. Hallelujah. I got to know him that way. I got to know him that way. I'll do whatever I need to do to get to know this power. Hallelujah. And it's operating on my life. Hallelujah. I ain't interested in playing no games. Paul said, I, and he said, none of that stuff matters. None of that stuff matters. And he, he said, even in his resurrection, see, all the accolades we do ain't got nothing to do with our hereafter life. And it's going to be a life after. Paul said, no, I need to know it because I'll have confidence in being raised from the dead myself. Hallelujah. Having my position in heaven. Verse 10, he says, all I want is to know Christ and the power that raised him from the dead, from death. 
I want to share in his sufferings and be like him even in his death. Then there is hope that I myself will somehow be raised from death. I don't mean that I am exactly what God wants me to be. This is Paul. We look at Paul and go, Paul, you had it going on. He says, uh-uh, uh-uh. He says, uh-uh. He says, I don't mean that I am exactly what God wants me to be, but it didn't keep God from working with him. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to live in regret over past decisions and choices that you made in 2018. It does not matter. Hallelujah. Because he's all the while at work in us. He says, I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue trying to reach it and make it mine. That's what Christ Jesus wants me to do. It is the reason he made me his. Paul said, God apprehended me. He stopped me in my tracks. I thought I had it going on and everything was working well in my life. He said, but God called me. God called my name and I decided, why did you call me? I need to know why you called me. So you got born again. You need to be figuring out why God called you because he called you because you was going on with your life. And some of y'all didn't even have a thought about God. And then the thought came. You came to church. Somebody came and ministered to you. And then you had a desire to be born again. Hallelujah. You had a desire to be born again. You need to know, why did I have that desire? What is salvation all about? What is this? What, is, what meaneth this God? I was sinning okay. And I wasn't doing a whole bunch of bad stuff. You know, there were some people who, you know, you looked at the outward appearance and they were just going for it, man. They was an inventors of evil. And other people were just nice. You know, they didn't do bad stuff, you know, live here and there a little bit, but it, you know. But that was just, you know, so they could get some things done. You understand? So everybody wasn't just equal in what they were doing. There were some people that were morally and, you know, those people are the hardest people to tell they need to get saved. Come on, Come on now. I was one of them. It's like, I'm, it's them. I ain't drinking. I ain't smoking. I ain't sleeping around. I ain't doing that. That's them, God. You know, I actually went out and bought a book called Lord Changed Me, but I was trying to give it to Greg. And one day, of course, he ain't picking it up. I mean, it was a bright yellow. Like, you can't miss the book. And one day, God told me, you bought that book for you. <laughs> so I read it. <laughs> but I'm just saying that Paul says that, you know, I'm not making all the right decisions, but, but it's okay. He said, I have a purpose and a goal in mind. Again, he says in verse 12, I don't mean that I am exactly what God wants me to be. I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue trying to reach it and make it mine. And I need to say this, please don't use grace as an excuse not to push to be like God. So, cause some people have used, have used grace and said, I'm okay to do whatever it is I wanna do. And you know what? You're right, you can do whatever you want to do. However, the Bible also says that everything that you do may not be good for you just because you have the liberty to do it. Doesn't mean it's something that you do. Praise God. But then the Holy Spirit is there to talk to you about it if you don't harden your heart and decide, oh, this is my liberty. It is liberty. It is. That's what Jesus came to do to set us free so we have freedom of choice. 
Amen. Amen. We'll talk about that at another time. <laughs> but what God is saying to us, he said, Paul says, but I continue trying to reach it and make it mine. I just feel like people just don't have a revelation of actually knowing Jesus, the reason why you would just willfully and want to do something. Be knowing that, let me not go there. Let me not go there another time. That's what Christ Jesus wants me to do. It is the reason he made me his. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. He says, this is one thing I'm going to do. I forget what is in the past and try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. He said, I don't let my past haunt me and keep me from moving forward. He said, so the one thing I do is I forget. So I'm encouraging you. In 2018, you may have made some wrong choices. 2018, you may have made some wrong decisions. 2018, 2018 may have seemed like in some areas of your life it was a wreck. But Paul says, forget it. Forget it. Don't let Satan have you living in the past. The most you can do, if it's against a person, and the best thing you can do is to say, forgive me. Amen. Amen. It's a, just tell them, forgive me. And then it's up to them to release themselves. Not you release them for them to release themselves. Amen. But Paul says, I keep, in verse 14, I keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus to life up there in heaven. Verse 15, he says, all of us who have grown to be spiritually mature should think this way too. He's everybody spiritually mature should be thinking that I need to know the power of his resurrection, that I need to be running hard for the prize. But you know, I just, God is so wonderful in his love and compassion for us. So Paul goes on to say, and if there is any of this that you don't agree with, God will make it clear. God will make it clear. He said, if you don't understand some of the things that I just said, he said, God will make it clear where you will develop a passion and a desire to want to know Christ, to want to know about the power of his resurrection, to want to know what it actually means to be a believer, to be a Christian, that you will actually in your heart start to seek out and look at the word of God and see what God is saying concerning us as believers. Let's look at Jude, Jude chapter 1 and verse 24. Jude chapter 1 and verse 24. And we'll look at this in the King James. Hallelujah. And this scripture brings comfort to my heart as well. He says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and ever, now and ever. And he says, amen, or so be it.
we understand that God is able to keep us from falling. He is able to keep us from falling. Jesus Christ became our great high priest to be an intercessor for us. He says, and I am able. I'm able to keep you from falling. I'm able to present you faultless before my Father. Because God put Jesus over the church. And at the end, Jesus is going to present the church back to God. And that's us. He's going to present us back to God. And he says, and I'm going to, he said, and when I present you back to God, I'm going to present you back faultless. Faultless. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful, the, the, the promises in the word of God? Isn't that wonderful to know that he's going to present us as a bride? That's what the Bible says, as a bride before God. Hmm, think about it. How wonderful that is going to be. How great that's actually going to be. And knowing that Jesus and God is not sitting around allowing us to just slip through his fingers. He's not doing that. He's not, he's not dropping the ball just because you didn't make all the right decisions. He's not dropping us or leaving us by ourselves or leaving us alone. He says, no, on the contrary. That's why I put my spirit on the inside of you so I will always remain with you. So I always will be there ready to give advice, ready to give counsel, ready to lead you in a place of peace where there may be turmoil, ready to cause those anxieties to disappear, understanding that Jesus said, it's my peace. You know, Jesus was, we sometimes think Jesus wasn't challenged. Listen, they wanted to push Jesus off a cliff. I mean, they, they ridiculed him. They talked about him. They talked about his mama. So when I'm reading the Word of God, sometimes I'm like, this, not sometimes, but this is real life. I mean, people literally, what, what did they tell Jesus? We be not born of fornication. Telling Jesus, you know, your mama. <laughs> you see, some of us would have just gone, just, 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 I mean, just absolutely. See, you thought, you, <laughs> you thought the mama's jokes just started then, way back then. <laughs> <laughs> Way back then, they talking about people's mamas. Talked about Jesus' mama. So they talked about your mama. That ain't no reason to go fly off the deep end. Be cool like Jesus. He's all the while at work. He's all the while at work. Somebody say, he's working in me. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I believe 2019 is going to be superior. I believe that the work that he began in us. He's going to bring it to fruition. He's going to make it happen. I believe that the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that is my prayer, is that the voice of the Holy Spirit will become so loud, so evident, so you, you know so much that it's God that you won't hesitate. You'll know that this is God speaking to me. And I thank God that your want to will be matched with the things that he's telling you to do. That you'll want to. Look at somebody and say, just want to. 
Hallelujah. God is such a good God. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.